Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. You are solely responsible for your interactions with other listeners of the Love Zone USA. You understand that the Love Zone USA does not in any way screen its listeners, nor does the Love Zone USA inquire into the backgrounds of its listeners or attempt to verify the statements of its listeners. The Love Zone USA makes no representations or warranties as to the conduct of its listeners or their compatibility with any current or future listeners. In no event shall the Love Zone USA or Blog Talk Radio be liable for any damages whatsoever, whether direct, indirect, general, special, compensatory, consequential, and or incidental, arising out of or relating to the conduct of you or anyone else in connection with the use of this service, including without limitation bodily injury, emotional distress, and or any other damages resulting from communications or meetings with other listeners of this service or persons you meet through this service. You agree to take reasonable precautions in all interactions with other listeners of the Love Zone USA, particularly if you decide to meet in person. In addition, you understand that the Love Zone USA makes no guarantees, either expressed or implied, regarding your ultimate compatibility with individuals you meet through listening to the Love Zone USA. The Love Zone USA. The Love Zone USA.
Our theme song is the Love Zone USA, where you don't have to be alone. All you have to do is step on inside. We're here to educate, elevate, and most of all, entertain. I'm going to try to do that this evening. My name is Mike T. I'm your host. I'll be here until 10 p.m. That's right, 8 until 10 every Thursday inside the Love Zone, where we say you can listen to your heart and you live, love, and learn. We're going to try to do all of that tonight, and we've got a special show for you, and we've been trying to present these shows all uh, month long. One of the shows last week, uh, our attorney, uh, Stephanie Dixon, we're going to reschedule that uh, sometime, possibly in March or April, uh, based on availability. And uh, tonight, we're going to close out with our Black History Month. This is the month of Black History. We're going to close out with a very, very special show tonight. I have two uh, pioneers in uh, the industry, in their respective industries. We're going to be talking to both of them in just a minute, about 8.30 or so. And who am I talking about? I'm talking about two industries, one in sports and one in movies, entertainment. Excuse me. My guest will be tonight Mr. Danny Glover my friend and uh, young lady that I had recently the pleasure of meeting. I had to uh, hunt her down, (laughs) but uh, I finally found her. She is the first black female in the NFL as far as coaching an NFL team. Her name is Colette V. Smith. She's going to be here as well. We're going to get them both on. That's right. We're going to have a dual, dual guest tonight. I did that because both of them are pioneers in their respective industries, and I'm going to give you some historical as well as today's perspective on what's going on in both of those sides of uh, the spectrum, sports and entertainment. And I think it'll be good for you to listen in. Tell your friends. They can get us on uh, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Let's see, we got Stitcher. And much, much more right here on the Love Zone USA. And for those of you listening to us on Blog Talk, where you uh, keep us all the time, well, welcome. We're glad to have you. And be sure to spread the word tonight, because tonight I think you will be educated, elevated, and entertained with both our guests. They'll be coming on, like I said, about 8.30, and we're going to talk about black history. We're going to talk about their careers And then we're going to get into the topic of uh, black history as it stands today and things that are going on in this country. Yeah, we might get into a couple of different subjects. Don't have a lot of time. We only have an hour um, for those guests. Uh, We're going to get them on about 8.30. We'll be done at 9.30. I got a lot to get into uh, during that hour. You're going to learn about our guests and, you know, their uh, insight to what's going on in black history. And uh, for those of you who have young young children, we ask that you invite them to listen to this show tonight. I'll do my best to keep it clean. <laughs> you know, sometimes that gets hard to me, especially when I get passionate about a subject. Um, we'll leave it to you to do the bleeping. If that be the case, no, I'm, I'm only joking. Uh, I think there is, is a lot of uh, content tonight that people will be able to learn from, young and old. Hit them up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, however you want to catch them. Make sure they listen into the show. 
And to kick things off, well, this being the last day of February, getting ready to go into March, we're not too far away from spring. I thought I'd give you a little preview of what might be happening around here in the springtime. Might be adding um, some poetry to our mix. That's right, some poetry. So I thought it'd be nice to kick that off tonight with uh, this particular song called uh, Rush Over. It's by Michelle in the Giacello, and it's featuring Marcus Miller on bass, and it's called Rush Over. And I want you to pay close attention to this song, because in the middle there's a solo. It might sound like a saxophone, but it's the instrument I used to play. That's what I used to do on Monday nights at the Village Gate. We're going to take you back there tonight with this particular song, but it features poetry by Michelle and the Giacello on the Love Zone USA. Rush over. Thank you. 
Love Zone USA. Back to back to back to back to back to back.
good i spend my evenings with mike t on the lovezoneusa.com he knows how to love you right
Here's the beautiful music of a young lady named Tweet. Tweet. If you've never heard of her before, well, you heard her first here. Well, we give you the best variety of uh, music anywhere on the internet. Tweet. It's entitled Caught Up. Oh, beautiful. Here on the Love Zone USA, my name is Mike T. As I stated, around 8.30 or so, we're going to bring on our guest, and we're going to be closing out our month with Black History, with two pioneers in their separate industries, uh, Colette V. Smith, the first uh, female, black female, to uh, coach NFL team. She coached the Jets under uh, Todd Bowles. We're going to be talking with her, and we're going to talk to my Good buddy, Danny Glover. Yeah, we're going to bring him on and uh, talk about his career in uh, Hollywood. And we're going to talk about the state of black history this month. You know, when we um, get back to uh, talking about what's going on. Yeah. How's everybody? Did you get a chance to check out the Oscars? Well, (laughs) we might talk about that tonight as well. So, you know, you stick around. We got a lot, as we always say. It's the place where you can... Listen to your heart as we live and learn here on the Love Zone USA. I've got your music. And don't forget, tomorrow night we've got Tony Diamond. He's got the uh, countdown for you. Yeah, the uh, top seven songs of the last seven days. You can check them out. That's at uh, 8 p.m., 8 to 9, for one hour. You get uh, the top seven songs of the last seven days, combination of hip-hop, today's R&B, a little reggae tone in there. Yeah. It's all mixed by Tony Diamond. We're going to continue with more music before we uh, open up the phone lines and get ready for our guests who will be stopping in tonight, both of them. We're going to have a dual, dual pioneers, I say, in their respective industries, movie and sports. Thought you might like this show, especially since it's uh, got a lot of history to it. We're going to get into that in just a little while, but I'm going to give you a little bit more music before we come in. And bring on our guests. Right now, I'm going to take you back musically with this group featuring my man, Charlie Wilson. It's entitled Outstanding. It's the Gap Band on the Love Zone USA Night.
Big Daddy Kane. And trust me, when it comes to love, there's no half-stepping on the love zone. USA.com. Love Zone USA. Love Zone USA. Here. 
Want to generate more traffic and sales for your business starting now? Well, here's the marketing tool you've been looking for. What about advertising your business product or service to singles? Well, everybody knows. Singles have the most money to spend, and the LoveZoneUSA.com has accumulated the largest audience of singles on Internet radio. They've done this through a variety of shows discussing sex and controversial topics in the areas of relationships, dating, and marriage. They've also attracted celebrities to their show who are known by millions of listeners and fans, like The Temptations, divorce attorney Raul Felder, Gloria Allred, and Danny Glover. Your business will be exposed as a sponsor of a variety of shows with universal themes featuring love and music, celebrities, sex, and other controversial topics, offering your business maximum exposure to singles who have the most discretionary income to spend. So contact one of our business consultants today so they can show you how you can generate more traffic and sales to your website by becoming a sponsor of the LoveZoneUSA.com. And all you have to do is send an email to sales at the LoveZoneUSA.com. Ladies and gentlemen, as I stated before, Tonight's historical show is to premiere some black history, and a lot of times we talk about black history, we're talking about history in the past where the people have passed away. Well, I wanted to do a show with two individuals who are here today, and I'm going to kick it off with a young lady who is uh, ladies first. I have both my guests, Danny Glover and Colette V. Smith, and I'm going to bring her on the phone, as well as Danny Glover. I'm going to bring her on and uh, say hello. Colette, are you there? Yes, I am very much so here. Oh, glad to have you. Glad to have you. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing uh, wonderful. Every day is an incredible day to wake up, to be kind, and and empower other people. So I'm, I'm blessed. And ladies and gentlemen, the reason I brought Colette on tonight, she is the first black female to coach an NFL team. She has her own business, and we're going to talk about that. And she's getting ready to uh, be part owner in a new women's football league. We're going to talk about all of that, but I want to bring in my other guest right now. Yes, you all know him from many movies. With Mel Gibson, uh, Color Purple with Oprah, ladies and gentlemen, my friend and a a great individual. Uh, I always I always kind of you know feel so humbled when I bring on my friend. But here he is, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to meet and greet our historian tonight, Danny Glover. Danny, are you there? Uh, how you doing, Mike G? Uh, it's a pleasure. I'm here. All right, brother. I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. The reason I want yeah. to do this show is because uh, both of you have a historical um, background, and I wanted to start with Colette, Danny, and I'm going to bring you in, but I uh, wanted you to meet Colette V. Smith. Uh, Danny Glover, meet Colette V. Smith. It's, and a, Colette, it's a pleasure Glover. meeting you, Colette. Pleasure. Danny, it is an honor, my boy. It is it an honor. <laughs> that you do on and on, I'm one of your greatest fans. And I, Thank I, you I was, so much. Tremendously, the way many other people that I know as well. Yes, thank you so much, you know, and congratulations to you on your accomplishments as well. Continuing, continuing and growing and expanding as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. This is empowerment for our black community and, and for girls, black girls, to know that anything is possible. So thank you so much. 
Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna open the questioning up with uh, Colette. Why don't you tell our audience how you got into uh, you know just interest in football and then uh, migrating into uh, she's played on a uh, woman's football team, professional woman's uh, football team, and then migrating into coaching. Why don't you uh, give some background to our audience about how you how you got your beginning? Uh, okay, so so quite easily, I just loved football. Same way anybody would love football, male or female. But uh, I just always gravitated towards football. I think my dad played a big part in that because my mom and dad have been married for over 48 years, and I'm a daddy's girl. Whatever my dad was doing, I wanted to do. He cut the grass, I wanted to cut the grass. He watched football on Sundays, I watched football on Sundays. And um, so I just grew up watching football with my father. And I uh, remember wanting to always play football but was never allowed to because I was a girl. And that never sat right with me. And it made me think about uh, if, if I can't play football because I'm a girl, what about people that can't do something because they're black? You know, there were times when black, folks, when black people weren't allowed to read. They weren't allowed to go to good schools. Uh, so that resonated with me in a, in a way in which I wanted to empower others. So I, I got into football when I was 42 years, old, years of age. Uh, there were, you know, I was never allowed to play on a, on, when I was a child. So <clears throat> the opportunity presented, presented itself to me, and I uh, came across a women's pro football team here in New York. They had team tryouts, and I, I said, Colette, you've wanted to play football your whole life. You were never allowed to play because of your gender. So here I was, 42, and I found out about women's football, and I said, I'm going, I'm going to tryouts. I'm probably not going to make the team because I'm older, not in great shape, but I'm going to go to experience or else I'll have regret in my life, and I don't want to live my life with regrets. So I went to those tryouts, and when I saw these women playing football fully suited up, helmets, pads, cleats, the whole nine yards, I immediately felt a sense of empowerment and a sense of I can do whatever I put my mind to. Here are women that were told the same way I was told that you're not allowed to play, and they were doing the opposite of that. And so they were following their passion. So I have forever had wider eyes. My eyes are wide open at this point, and I want to share that with other people. That's great. That's great. Now, we uh, just told you, ladies and gentlemen, how uh, Colette got into sports, and we're going to talk about her coaching uh, the Jets in just a moment, but I want to take you now from sports into movies. Danny, why don't you tell people, you know, your first job, and then what got you into acting and your first acting role? How did that happen? It's a long story for what what has now been – uh, quite a long life <laughs> um, <laughs> right now. If you think about, I listened to Colette talk about passion uh, and something and gaining a passion from, from for playing football or watching football and wanting to play football uh, just from a connection with, with her father, you know. And um, it's, it's obvious that, that she... She's really honored and loved both of her parents, 
But Mike, I'm a father of a daughter, and my 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 baby is a, a daddy's girl too. You know, so um, it, so I I understand I understand that. I'm kind of happy she didn't go into acting, but that's just another story. But because <laughs> I, 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 uh, it's a tough field, it's so tough. You know, I mean, you sit around and you think about all the times you you won. The art of doing it itself is some something that that you in in some ways you're saying the well, world. I have something to say, and I have something to express. And and you feel confident and comfortable. You you're always working toward that in life, to be able to use that that feeling through a vehicle like acting, and then you realize that that other people think you you're not bad. You're pretty good, and so you build more confidence and 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 and, and take more risks and more chances. And certainly, but it starts with a past passion. My role is a kind of indirect. I majored in economics. I worked in city government in college. I worked in city government for six and a half years. Uh, in in about the the uh, the point in time that I thought acting was going to be my my uh, my field, I was five years into. Uh, my my job with the city and county of San Francisco in the Office of Community Development out of the mayor's office at the time, Mayor Joseph Valley Elder. And I, I thought that it was something that connected me to people in a different way. But, you know, life changes in so many ways. You know, the beautiful thing about what we're, when we, Follow what what our intent is, what our passion is, what our dreams are. Something else special happens, as Colette said about her her relationship with football. And then I I found that I could say something in my art and the work that I would do first on stage, and then uh, most you know for most of the time on screen, where where people embrace the story. And use the story, or inspired by the story, it 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 is it sometimes the story uh, emanates what happened in their own lives and connecting to so all these other connections that you have. And so I found that that the work that I do uh, in in as an actor is a part of what I consider to be community development as well. Colette said the same thing. Basically, she's building a different kind of relationship to uh, something that she's loved and passionate about. And then people take that and embrace that. And, and, and what they do, because her love and passion, they emulate that. They find a space for themselves themselves to say, hey, Hi. that's maybe something women, and I'm talking about women, that may be something I want to do as well. Or I admire her, and I may translate something in my life from the very way in which she translated football in her life. Well, Danny, Danny, do you remember the very first movie you got your hands on that you could, uh, you know, tell us about? The very first one, and what year was that, if you remember back? Well, my my first major role was a movie I did in 1983 with Sally Peel called Places in the Heart. And for so many reasons, um, that movie will always be my favorite. My work in that movie is is dedicated Mm. 
to my 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 first movie, Places in the Heart, is dedicated to to my 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 first love, and that was my mother. You know, I I, I my mother uh, ultimately uh, being the oldest child, and not only I mean it was the first she taught me about love and beauty. My mama, my mother, and and uh, my work in there. Uh, for for various reasons, is dedicated to her, uh, and it's in some way the character is about me because of its its implications and connection to her, uh, but also about a much larger picture than that, uh, and and that that was the the beautiful thing that I had to do, I had the I had the possibility of doing is using that moment to honor this extraordinary and, and woman who had extraordinary vision of herself, who, who told us as a child that she was eternally grateful for her mother and father because she did not, did not, and I underline that word, did not pick cotton in September in rural Georgia, Louisville, Georgia. She went to school in September. Consequently, in 1942, she graduated graduated from Payne College, uh, a, a, a Christian Methodist Episcopal College in Augusta, Georgia. So in that sense, I'm, 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 I'm here because, and I, I'm, I do what I do because my mother did not pick cotton in September. And, and, that's, and that's due to the vision, the vision that her mother and father, who began as sharecroppers, born into segregation, Beginning sharecroppers and tenant farmers, and so and, and said, my child who never went past the fourth or fifth grade, my child, my children, are not going to pick cotton in September. They're going to school in September. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know. And what? and I'm 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 a manifestation of the sac those sacrifices that my grandparents made, uh, and the enormous respect, love. I can't even talk about because it's certain certain way you have not only love means adulation, worship. Almost that's how much my mother felt about her mother, her mother and father. You know, and it was beautiful to watch as a child. You learn something from that. You learn the way the way in which how your your mother you want to emulate and feel the same thing about your parents. Like as they feel about their their, uh, their about, parents, you know. You're right on. Their parents, I, I, you know, yeah. I, I I love that because I know, growing up, my, my mom is from the deep south. She's from Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, that's and, the deep south. <laughs> and, yeah. and my my grandfather, my mama's my mama's daddy, was a owner of a butcher shop. And uh-huh. and I would I loved sitting up with my grandfather when we drove. We used to make that drive from New York every summer to Alabama, and mm-hmm. I would love to get there because my grandfather to me was fascinating. We would sit up yeah. late at night, and he would tell me about all the times he had to fight the white man or getting crosses burned in front of his storefront. And as a kid, mm-hmm. I'm like. This can't be true. And my grandfather would tell me this story. It was like he was telling me a movie. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sure that it resonated with me then because it was just interesting conversation. 
It wasn't mm-hmm. until I got older, probably in my early 20s, after I went to all-black university, Tuskegee University, okay. and I remember hearing other people talk about their parents and their grandparents, that I was like, wow, my, my family has done some important things, and they stood up for themselves. And it just is a sense of empowerment where I can tell you today, when I go speak to kids in schools in underserved and low-income and marginalized communities, I speak to these kids and I say, listen, let me, show me your, raise your hands if you understand what I say. When I ask you, when you get a good grade on an exam, a quiz, or a test, aren't you running back home to share that with your parents? Everybody raises their hand. I'm like, now, when you don't do good on a test, I said, you're probably not trying to even go home early because <laughs> you don't want to experience. I said, ultimately, I don't care how old you are, at the end of the day, no matter what your age is, we all want to make our parents proud. And I tell mm-hmm. the kids my age, and I say, I still want to make my mom and my dad proud. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I want you yeah. to walk that truth. Make your parents proud because I said, you think being with friends makes you happy and proud. It doesn't. What really makes you proud is to make your parents proud. So why don't we do that on a more consistent basis? Absolutely. There's so many obstacles to that, Colette, you know, yeah. because there are obstacles, obstacles in the, in the world, you know, and ways in which, you know, you're searching for identity, uh, and and you're overwhelmed sometimes. Some children are overwhelmed with the lack of expectation, and some children are, are overwhelmed with the with the sense that there are great expectations. You know, yes. um, And I, I think it's it's really hard for young people in this at this particular point in time, and <clears throat> the search. They're, they're re- it's really difficult what I'm saying, but each generation has its own difficulties and their own thing, their, the, the things that, that, that distinguish them for, from this genera- generation. The, the process of alienation, the process yes. of, of having tools which, which essentially alienated you from each other into some sense, the tools, whatever they are, there's a, there's a way in which we don't engage people in, dif- in the way in which we should engage them on yeah. a one-to-one thing, and and I'm saying that I'm saying that because the generation before me would have said the same thing about my generation. <laughs> you don't engage, you know. Right. Each generation has their own view of themselves in in relationship with what they want to do. One of the one of the advents of inventions that changed a lot about the way people saw that my mother didn't have to deal with, and that was television. So they saw themselves through the images presented on a one-dimensional screen, and and, right. and and life is not one-dimensional. One is multidimensional, you know. And so all these kind of images play a role in who, how we see, and how we invent ourselves. And I think that's important to know at this particular point in time. The the, the word of language, the writers. You watch the the great writers of the 20th century, early part of the 20th century, who wrote these massive waves, and their only expression was how they wrote and told their stories, whether they're poets like, like Langston Hughes 
whether they're writers, great writers like John Steinbeck, or whether their only way of saying their, who they are and ascribing some sort of identity to the moment they live in is with the, with the pen, with the word, with the spoken word. And right. by, by oratory, now we have different instruments, which in a sense, in a sense, it seems like now it seems like the cell phone is is an extension of our hands. You oh, know? it is. My, listen, you know what my, I'm saying. And since then, they say if you don't have a cell phone in your hand, you 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 part of your your body has been amputated. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> basically. You know, so I, I think there's so many different ways in which. Which we are, we're, we're, we're kind of, caught. it's a tough situation. You know, I had to, I, my grandson, I've been asking my grandson since he was five years old, help grandpa, five or six years old, grandpa, he's 15 now, help grandpa with his own computer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he go right to it, baby. You know what I'm saying? I get, you know, he can sit in my car, can sit at dinner, and play on his cell phone, whatever he's doing on his cell phone. And it's almost mindless is that there's no connection with what he is to anything else except what he's doing in that moment. Yes. And and that's something I want to talk about when we return, because both of you are in industries where technology is today, but in the beginning, there wasn't a lot of technology in sports. No movies. Yep. We're going to talk about that when we when we return. But right now, I have both of my guests on the phone, Colette V. Smith and Danny Glover. We're going to talk more about their their pathway to show you, the listener, how they got into the industry and the business that they're in. We're going to talk about technology, and then we're going to talk about Black History today, things that are affecting what's going on right now with both. But right now, I want to I want to play a very important song for one of my guests, and. Uh, Colette, you told me your favorite artist was who again? Woo! Miles Davis. Miles Davis? Miles, but oh. Miles Davis, I, I, listen, I, I have a plethora of, of artists, but they're, they're <laughs> old school. Definitely old All school. Right. Miles to Marvin Gaye, like, let, let's get it on. Yeah, there's, there's right. a lot. There's a lot. Okay. Well, I tell you what, we're going to come back with uh, Colette V. Smith and Danny Glover. Right now, I'm going to play you one of uh, Colette's favorites, and uh, we're going to talk about her pathway into coaching in the NFL. And we're going to talk about Danny's uh, entree into movies and how that affected people. And we're going to talk to both of them about their pathway onto that screen that they talked about, TV. But right now, I want to give you a little bit of a I guess Colette's favorite artist, Marvin Gaye. Here he is. What's going on on the LoveZoneUSA.com? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, brother, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Hey, brother, like Mike Solid. Right on. Hey, man, what's your name? Mother, mother, there's too many of you to cry. Brother, brother, there's far too many of you dying. You know we've got to find a way to bring some love in here today. Father, father, we don't need to. 
The Love Zone USA. Back to back to back to back to back
Love Zone USA. Love Zone USA. Here. Love Zone Me and Mrs. Jones. We got a thing. Tell 
our audience, one, how you got into coaching an NFL team, and what advice would you give young ladies uh, to get into that field? My advice, first of all, my advice to any young lady that wants to get into football or any field is to simply, well, it's not that simple, but believe in you. Believe in you. No one else is going to believe in you the way that you do. Uh, my mama, my daddy loved me to pieces, and they believe in me, but I ultimately have to hold that torch for myself. Hold the torch for yourself. You know, make yourself known. Um, you know, uh, my my success with the New York Jets and getting into their, their franchise, I made that happen because of hard work and for me finding my own inner strength. It took me 42 years to get to. You know, there were many years, most of my life, when I didn't love myself. And it's sad to say, I'm not ashamed to say it because it's my truth. You know, I will, I will only speak my truth. And I didn't love myself for most of my life. And uh, I found football and I found the inner strength. I want every young person out there to find their inner strength. I want them to find their passion and what fuels them. And ultimately, what makes you happy? What makes you happy? What drives you? And, and, and turn that into being the best you that you can be. You know, Coach Bowles and I had a I – was, I was blessed to have a conversation with him, and I, I seized the moment. I took that opportunity to, to make it work for myself. And, and in doing so, not only did it work for myself, but it helped empower my culture, my heritage, my people. And, and, and I want everyone out there to know that anything is possible. There is no dream too far. There is no dream too far unless you allow it to be. You know, aim high. Aim high. Shoot for the moon, and you just may get some stars. That's how I live so, my life. So tell, tell, tell our audience, especially the ladies, uh, this is a male-dominated uh, sport, male-dominated mm-hmm. with coaches. And then okay. you come in as a coach. This, I want to I kind of lay some groundwork for, the, for, for young people to understand. How did you deal with men, defensive backs? I'm with Arizona State, All-American. I just, I'm second-round draft choice. I made the pros, and now I'm faced, and this, I'm, just, I'm just trying to keep it real for these young people to understand. Mm-hmm. How did you deal with that type of uh, player who now sees you as the coach and you're coaching them. Did you have any challenges, and how did you face that kind of possible attitude from men? Well, first of all, I didn't have any challenges with the players. All of the players from the New York Jets treated me with the utmost respect. Uh, it was it was a very engaging and enlightening relationship that we had. And for me, I believe that knowledge is power. So you need to do, I had to do, homework. Homework doesn't stop when you're not in school. Homework doesn't stop when you're 30 or you're 25 and you finish college. Or Homework doesn't stop. If you want to be a better person every day, you're going to do your homework. That's research. You study. 
I went there prepared. Being prepared gives you a sense of equality. And, and, and you have to bring that to the table. So I went there. I knew every single defensive back's 40-yard dash, their vertical, their their speed, their agility. I knew everything. I knew what college they went to. I knew where they were drafted. I knew where they were from, who their parents were, because I studied. So I went there extremely prepared. And then being being a black person, we always got to be four or five steps ahead just to be average in their world, in, in, in their eyes. So as a black woman, I had to do double that work because I didn't want anyone to challenge me with me not knowing the answer. So I really went there. I went there completely prepared, and I was up for the challenge. And these guys respected me because I showed them respect, and I went there knowledgeable. So I just wasn't some some glam factor coming working on for uh, I I don't know what you might call it a stunt or whatever maybe some people may call it. I went there because I was prepared. I studied. I'm a scholar of the sport. I know what it takes to make you a better player. And if you listen to me, you will be a better player. And I had to earn respect, and I earned it. All right, all right. And, Danny, I want want to ask you the same question. For those young people listening tonight, you know, admiring you, what would you say are some of the steps you would would advise them to take to get into acting and some of the challenges that they're going to meet in today's world of acting? Relatively speaking, there were things uh, that I had available in my life through music and culture that I think prepared me uh, for the idea of, of, of seeing the world changing. Uh, I, I'm, I've come, I'm a child of the civil, civil rights movement, unequivocally a child of the civil rights movement. I remember the Montgomery bus boycott when I was eight years old and nine years old. I remember when Ghana received his independence when I was 11 years old. I remember when young students, students who became my hero, even though I lived in, born and raised in San Francisco, were in the South and doing the heroic things that they did with Freedom Summer and Bus Rides, Freedom Rides, and all, this. all those things were a part of my consciousness background or foundation when I grew up. And then, uh, so in some sense, I know I wanted to be of some service, basically. I majored in economics. I sit at a mayor's office for six and a half years, working in community service. I still remember some of the people that I worked with more than 40 years ago, uh, more than 45 years ago. Remember what impact that women had on me, particularly the women who were were the, the ones you had to contend with who were strong African-American women, middle-aged women, who decided they had enough and they used their power as, as organizers and their power as organic intellectuals and uh, to, to participate in a democratic process. And I was moved by that. 
I was moved by that, and I'll still talk about how that was moved by them. I said it was not only women, but women were at the forefront of that, um, and black mm-hmm. women. Women who mm-hmm. remind me of my mother, you know, and in some sense they treated me like my, their son. And so it just so happens that 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 when I got into to acting, and this is the one is that the great saying, a Tao saying that may you may you always live in interesting times. Tao was saying, and and I was living in a fascinating time, you know. I mean, I listened to to. Uh, Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On." It, it's yeah. a generational re- uh, record. When I came, when I came out, I was like 23 years old. So it was an expression of my generation as well, you know. So I mean, all those kind of things were were set the stage for me to do what what came about at a particular point. I'm an actor because I thought that acting was a way of, of conveying a message through words. And writing that, I chose the writer who was writing about the deprivations of the of the apartheid system in 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 South Africa. Most people thought I was South African because I had worked on the accent and did all the what kind of work that was necessary to grow and 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 and, and develop as 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 an actor. And I think that my, that's where I could say it was important. Little did I know as a young student that when I was reading the writings of an early Nelson Mandela in 1967, he was in jail for three years by then. Little did I know that I would end up playing him in a movie 20 years later. You know what I'm saying? There's no way, there's no way we can like, but life is that way, you know, in a sense. But when I decided that, that I wanted to be an actor, I felt I was doing something of value. And I think, it's important for young people to say, what I do, what I do is of value, not simply to myself, but to another larger community, which is a part of what reason why we talk about history itself. History is not about individuals, per se. We make it about, but it's the collective movement of people, understanding where people are. They're not, Dr. King would tell you in a heartbeat, there were great ministers than me greater oratories than me, but I'm at a moment in history where the the conversion of my life and this historic moment, this historic come to a point where 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 uh my voice has to be heard. There's a beautiful story about him when he came to to the church uh in, in Montgomery, uh and that he was at. Uh and he the the deacon said they were having a meeting the uh, uh, Birmingham Improvement Association was having a meeting, meeting, and uh, and we, we should. I think you should come to the meeting. Dr. King said, "Well, you know, I just brought my family here. I'm trying to get my family uh, settled. I'm paraphrasing, trying to get my family. Maybe not this meeting." <laughs> and the deacon said, "Well, it looked kind of funny. It looked kind of funny if the meeting's at your church and you're not there." <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's the reluctance of man who say, I got to be at that meeting, and the rest is history. All this history, he becomes a movie. He is the voice that is able to articulate the historic aspirations at that moment in time, and his voice, not the only one, but his voice at that particular point in time was meaningful and purposeful at that time. 
And it began to evolve and grow within that time. It didn't just become that voice of a civil rights movement. It later became the voice of a human rights movement. And he's not only talking about black people, he's talking about poor people, whether they're white, whether they're Asian, whether they're uh, Hispanic, whatever they are, he's talking about them now. So that is that is the, the moment that you try to find. And I'm, I'm saying that I'm able to, to try to understand that because I've had a full life, you know, I'm, I'm 72 years old. I've had a full life in a sense to kind of look at it and try to figure out where am I at, not in, 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 in the circumference of life and the changes that are happening. You know, when my my mother... My mother said to, to Miss one of my 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 my, uh, my 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 thinking. My mother said, "I'm eternally grateful for my mother and father because I didn't pick cotton in September. I went to school in September." She realized that she was a part of something much larger than her. Well, yeah. when you when you when you think of both of you, both of you are in a field, sports and movies, where. Many of the people listening who might want to enter those fields or get good at it or the challenges versus, you know, a nine-to-five, you have to audition. You have to get a chance to audition, and you're going to compete against other people for a part, for a role, for a job. What? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask the question to both of you right now because in sports and movies, you both have to deal with this. What are some of the challenges you would tell them about auditioning? Because a lot of people give up. And they have talent. There's probably people sitting at home now, I gave up because of that rejection. Danny and Colette, what would you tell people listening who either want to go into sports or movies and you know auditioning is the vehicle to get in? Tell us your experience with that. I'll start with you, uh, Colette, and then uh, we'll go to Danny. Well, you know, I'm a big believer in using my failures as experience to be greater, you know, uh, a, a lot of people, unfortunately, may see a failure. Well, I failed at this. I can't do it. You tried one time. You failed. It's fine. Learn from that experience. Know, now, now you're equipped with more knowledge to move forward to say, okay, here's where I failed. Here's how I failed. I'll, I'll, I have work to do. Put the work in. Put the work in. And, and you can never give up on yourself. You can't. You can't. I mean, there were many times when I was younger and I gave up on myself. I wish I had the wisdom back then that I have now. That never happens. No, that never happens. That would be a perfect world. That would be a really perfect world. But it doesn't happen, you know. But But – as long as you keep trying, you got to put your best foot forward. And I don't, I don't want to sound cliche and, and just seem like, oh, believe in you and everything will be great. Things may not be great, but use these experiences to find out who you really are and if you really want what you're saying it is that you want. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you want it bad enough, you will fight for it. You will prove yourself. And, 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 and ultimately, that's what happened with me. You know, I didn't just walk on the Jets football practice field and get a job. I was interviewed. You, you know, you're, you're interviewed every moment. You, people leave first impressions. Be cognizant 
of your first impression. You know, and be 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 very aware of how your actions speak to other people. We all walk different paths. You know, and you may come to one conclusion based on your experiences, and I may base my experiences on something else. So 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 we're all different, but be aware of what's going on. Be aware of your surroundings. But at the same time, see that you're worthy. See that you're worthy. You're valuable. You are valuable. Make okay. yourself. Okay. Yeah, that, that's, okay. that's what I would have to say. And, Danny, what about you? What would you advise young people who have to go out and audition and, you know, as they say, you know, get your supper? <laughs> you know, I'm a bad audition now. I had I had what you call me. I'm not really. I mean, but I really didn't think I was good at auditioning until once once something happened when I I think I got better. And I I think this is one of the things that you learn is is that if you read something or you have an idea about how you want to play that or how you want to demonstrate what you feel connected to to the person you're auditioning for. You tell them not what they want to hear, but what you feel. And and what your own sense, you have your own sense of the picture that you painted. And that, that picture that you painted, you see before your mind's eye, is a painting that is not singularly yours. It's a, it's a collection that you've added to you know, whether you're auditioning for a job, whether you're auditioning for something else, but you have to begin to say, this is, I'm not going to go in this room and say, and, 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 and come in here and use and say what I want them to hear, or what I think they want to hear. I'm right. going to go in here and say, this is my vision right here. You know, and, it may, and it's going to be, like I said, an assortment of many ideas. We're not the harbinger of ideas, you know? The ideas come in. I'm looking to, to, to listen to Marvin Gaye. There's no, there's no Prince before if there's no Marvin Gaye. You understand? There's no Marvin Gaye, right. you know, if there's, there's no Sam Cooke, you know? There's no, there's no hip-hop artist if there's no Prince, you know, or, or, or no Jimi Hendrix, or right. you know what I'm saying? So they, so they always come. All we do is it extend what what is there. We bring our own input, our own ingenuity, our own imagination to it. Einstein said, Albert Einstein, the greatest scientist of the 20th century, said that said that imagination is more important than knowledge. It's what the mm. Mm, mm, mm. Well, I didn't want to keep you guys too long. I wanted you to lend your insight to our audience. And before I let e- either of you go, first, uh, Colette, tell our audience a little bit about your organization, Believe in You, and where they can contact you and what that's all about. Yeah, so Believe in You Incorporated, to make this story really short, I used to always call my – well, I still do. I call my father, my mom and dad all the time, and I'm like, can you believe I just did this? Can you believe that I just made this happen? Can you believe whatever it may have been? And and when I got the, the position with the New York Jets, I remember calling my father 
And I said, Dad, can you believe the Jets want me to work in their organization, in their franchise? And my father said to me, I thought my dad would say, oh, wow, yeah, yeah. My father stopped me, and he says, you know what? I want you to hear me real quick. My dad said, Colette, I believe it. I believe it, and I'm proud. But as your father, I would be prouder if you believed it. Because you're calling me like you can't believe it, like it's not going to happen, like this question about it. My dad said, when you start believing it, he said, you're calling me saying, wow, this is crazy. This is, can you believe this happened? Like, this, like it almost shouldn't happen for you. My dad said, I'll be more proud of you when you actually really believe it yourself. So that's how my company Believe in You Incorporated came to be. Because I, that resonated with me. So I drove home from the New York Jets training camp facility in Florham Park, New Jersey, back to Queens, New York. And I had a long ride, lots of traffic, <laughs> to think about what my father said to me. And I said, wow, if I'm doing this and I'm, told, and I'm not 100% in, because I'm still questioning it, imagine if I really believe that this should be happening for me how much further I can go. And I wanted to give that advice and experience to other people, to other youth, to youth, to black youth, and to girls to believe in themselves. So Believe in You Incorporated came to be because of that conversation with my father. And where's the website for that? Would you want to give my web, website? The website is uh, Believe in You, Inc., Dot com. That's the word believe, the letter N, the word Y-O-U, Inc., short for incorporated. So it's believe, the letter N, U, Y-O-U, I-N-C, dot com. And people can also find me on Instagram under Colette V, V for Victory, Smith. Colette V. Smith on Instagram. All right, and I want you to hold on because, uh, Danny, I want to I want to ask you before we, before I let you go because I know you had something else um, about that time. Uh, you're on social media now, Danny, aren't you? Um, do you have a social media that you want to give out where people can uh, you know join your fan club, anything like that? Um, since a uh, someone took my name is is. It's, it's in the DLG. Somebody bought my name, Danny Glover, so I had to put my my initial D, Danny L Glover. You know, so it's under oh, Danny okay. L Glover. Yeah. Okay. That's how you okay. get it. Somebody uh, before when the internet became the craze, they began to buy up names and everything else. So the only way I would have been able to get my name back was to pay them for my name. <laughs> Doing that? Huh? Yeah. No. 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 We're not doing that. But I will. Danny, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I, I was so happy when Mike said that you were going to be on his podcast tonight because I'm, I'm one of your honorees at your Power of Dreams Awards this coming March. Oh, okay, all right then, all right. That, that's uh, with with, with uh, my, my my sister, uh, who was, was will will done has been incredible at, at that work that she's the Power of Dreams Award here in New York. Uh, and uh uh you know uh really really amazing you know monica sanchez is the one who's been involved yes. in that 
Monica Sanchez. She's done a great, and then focusing uh, not exclusively, exclusively, but primarily around the power of women and the success of women, and the and their their in, incredible creativity as well. And yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 excited to be one of the honorees, and I'm 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 oh, beautiful, I, I'm, beautiful. The horse come, waiting for the bell to ring and the gates to open. So I, can come <laughs> out I, I hear oh, you. That <laughs> you know, that, that that's beautiful, 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 beautiful. All right. Thank you both. Thank you both for okay. coming on the show tonight. I, I wanted to lend our audience some insight from two pioneers, two historians who are still alive and still doing it. And before I let you go, both go, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. And I'm going to leave you with uh, one of uh, Danny Glover's favorite songs, uh, an artist. And I know he can't guess who it is, but I pulled it out, Danny. I'm going to let you both go, but I'm going to leave you with this particular music. And uh, for those of you listening tonight, we hope you got some insight from Colette V. Smith as well as Danny Glover and uh, got a little black history. And I'm going to leave you with more of it right now. And, Danny, I hope you'll be back with us. And, Colette, you got a home here anytime you want to come on and make an announcement. you got you got a home here at the Love Zone USA. And I hope you'll both be back. But right now, this song is dedicated to both of you. I know it's one of Danny's favorite artists. And it says, there will never be another you. It's by. Woo! Yes! Yes! Love <laughs> USA.
I was talking to young Jim Brown, James Brown. He was telling me that uh, his rhythm and blues uh, are rooted in Southern gospel singing. Now, he's a Southerner, of course. He was born in Augusta, Georgia, where he worked on a farm, picked cotton, worked in a coal yard, and always sang his songs. So we are delighted to present James Brown on our stage on this show. So let's have a fine welcome for our very fine talent.
One more time, I want to give the drummer some of this funky soul we got here. You don't have to do no soloing, brother. Just keep what you got. Don't turn it loose. Because it's a mother. When I count to four, I want everybody to lay out and let the drummer go. And when I count to four, I want you to come back in. <laughs> it's in my collar. Uh, I got the holler. I said it's in my feet. Uh, feels so sweet. It's in my shape. Good God. Uh, about to work me to death. It's in my shape. You're about to work me to death.
Got a little bit of James Brown there with Funky Drummer with yours truly, Mike T, on this uh, Thursday night. Black History Month, the last day of the Black History Month with Danny Glover and Colette V. Smith, uh, first black female in the NFL as a coach for the New York Jets. And uh, historian Danny Glover gave you some insight of humble beginnings and making it all the way into movies and uh, color purple Mel Gibson and all the, uh, he's done so many movies, I I don't think he has a count. I tried one time and (laughs) I left off at 75 and I wasn't done. I wasn't done. We hope and trust that you've uh, gained some insight to the uh, show tonight and got some, you know, real uh, understanding of black history and what people go through, especially those who paved the way for those of you coming after them. It's not easy, but it's worth it. Well, the clock on the wall says that's just about all. I got some more music coming up, but I want to remind you that don't forget about Plus Size Life. That's every Tuesday with your host, Jackie and Zuhela. On Wednesday, you got Mr. Uh, Rose Rice himself. Take a ride with him down Soul Paradise. And on Sundays, you've got Tasha Little Queen with the hip-hop Christian Connection. We're going to close with a song that uh, she plays on her show so that you can get this artist and check him out. As for me, I'm here each and every Thursday night. Next week, we start March Madness. As you know, around here every March, we uh, bring a little madness to you relationship-wise, and we're going to be doing that and with our guests. So you be sure to tune in every Thursday because we got some March Madness planned for you this coming March. Well, like I say, the clock on the wall says that's just about all for yours truly as i always say in closing i've enjoyed your company hope you enjoyed mine for those of you who did i'll see you another time whatever you do make sure you do it with two it's more fun than one and more importantly put a little love in your life because love makes the world go round i'm going to leave you in the hands of this man his name is isaac Curie, and he's got a song out entitled in the middle kind of music you hear on the Hip Hop Christian Connection. Till next Thursday in March Madness, you take care of yourself, be safe, ciao. Here's In the Middle by Isaac Kareem. Hello? Am I on? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming tonight. I got a young man I wanted to introduce you to. We call him Ike Knight. Oh yeah, I'm a music major. Like you, if you cut me, I'll go, please. I'll go, please.
guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.